Good morning, everyone. Good morning, please stand. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. You never change. You never fail, oh God. True are your promises. True are your promises. You never change. No, you never fail.
read some scripture over us this morning. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So thankful for that truth. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. It's been about, I don't know how long now, three months since you got to hold one of these. Uh, You have a bulletin. Uh, Miss Kim has worked hard this week uh, trying to fill uh, your pages because we just still don't have as much going on, but you do have a bulletin. And because you have a bulletin, I can now say that if you're a guest, there's a spot that you can fill out um, and you can tear that off. And we're not going to pass the offering plates this morning, but there is... Uh, a box right outside our doors that you can not only put your your tithe in, but you can also put this visitor's card in. So if you're a guest, welcome. We are glad that you're here. Um, I see other faces that I have not seen in about three months. I don't know if you're excited to see my face because you've been seeing it for a while, but I'm excited to see uh, your face. So welcome. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. And let me say happy Father's Day to all our dads. Man, I'm so thankful uh, for my dad. And I'm just thankful for fathers. Uh, And we were talking up here yesterday as men. And one thing that our country and our culture is really missing is fathers. There is an absence of fathers. Just fathers in general. But then an absence of godly fathers who will love their family, lead their family to Jesus Christ. So let me just say a special thank you to those of you men, those of you fathers who are striving to do that. We do it imperfectly. I'm going to speak for myself, but yet God's called us to do that. And so I'm so thankful that you are doing that and just pray that you have a blessed Father's Day. Uh, So ladies, would you just let our fathers know how much you appreciate them? Just just clap for them. I missed getting to worship with you on Good Friday. I missed Easter Sunday. We didn't get to do Mother's Day. So now we get Father's Day, and finally I get to celebrate with some people. So... uh, so that is good. You also notice in our bulletin that next Sunday is Promotion Sunday. 
So we wanted one last time this morning when you came to Sunday school, we wanted those of you who are going to be moving up to a new class, we wanted you to be able to go with your, your old, the other teacher one last time so they could hang out with you and so you could be with them. But next Sunday, those of you that are moving up into a new class, when you come next Sunday, you're going to go to your new class. And so what we want to do this morning for just a couple minutes is we want to recognize those of you who, all of you obviously are going up a grade level, but what we're going to recognize this morning are those of you who are going to be going into a new class uh, next Sunday. So I'm going to recognize our, our kids, and then BJ will recognize uh, the students. And so if you want, just to, if you're in here and you just want to give a wave uh, so we can know where you are, that'd be awesome. We won't make you stand up. So going from our babies into our toddlers class is Lauren Caldwell. Woo, we'll give a little wave. There you go. And Anna Grace Stedham, and Anna Grace is not here uh, this morning. Going from toddlers into our three years through pre-KK uh, is Mason Heinzel. So Mason is going to be going up, yeah. All right, now we have a bunch here going uh, into our first and second grade class. We have six, and they are all girls. And I know, I know Tim is thrilled about that, but if you know any First and second grade boys that are not in church. I know Tim would love to have some boys in his class. So we have six. So we have Brooklyn Cobb. Is Brooklyn over there? Woohoo! Uh, we have Maya uh, Gillett. I don't believe she is here. We have uh, Ellie McMichael. It's hard to. There we go back there. I'm trying to find you. Uh, Addie Power. Let's clap for Miss Addie. Uh, Kennedy Stroud. She's like, I'm not standing up. And then Ella Mae Thompson. Ella Mae Thompson. There she is. So again, all girls. And I know Tim is excited about that. He's looking forward to, uh, to being with you all. But if you know some boys, he would appreciate that too. And then going up to our third and fourth grade class, we have Skylar Blackstock over there waving. And then we have Elena Hilton as well, Miss Elena. And then we have four that are going into fifth grade. Uh, Ansley Black. Miss Ansley's not here this morning, but give it up for Miss Ansley. C.J. Jordan over there. Hunter Pugh is going into fifth grade. And then Catherine Whiting is also going into fifth grade. If somehow we overlooked you, we apologize. If you just let me know, and we'll make sure we recognize you next week, but we're really excited for you all as you continue uh, to move up to your new classes. All right, Pastor BJ. Fantastic. So who's moving over to the, the youth department? Uh, we got some, some folks moving up into sixth grade. Uh, moving into sixth grade are Sydney Blackstock, Joshua Cobb, and Anna Marie Flournoy. All right, and so now moving out of the youth, so every year um, there's a, a, an excitement and a, and a sadness because some of these guys are moving on. Um, that was supposed to be a joke, but I guess you thought I was serious about that. <laughs> but we got some people that are moving on into the young adult class or the college age class. Uh, Austin Ingram and, yep, <clears throat> Ethan Power. And Hunter Stanton. And so, um, what, what's what's amazing to me though is you generally get placed into the college age class until you get married, and then and then you you may slowly migrate out, or or, or maybe you stay there for a while. But promotion pretty much stops after you're a kid. Adults don't promote. In fact, I saw one Sunday school class that rather than promoting, just struck out the age that their class was and rewrote the age range on the class, right? So uh, that's what happens when you get to be an adult. And your final promotion, your final promotion is with Jesus. And so, um, and, and that is something to, to celebrate as well as we uh, look forward to eternal life. Uh, so, Mr. Curtis, if you will come on and... We will continue our worship now with, with more singing. Let's stand together as we sing Face of Our Father. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you all for that. If you have your Bibles, would you take them and turn to the 23rd Psalm? The 23rd Psalm. Last week we were in Psalm 19, and we saw that we have a God who not only creates, but a God who speaks. Right, a God who speaks to us. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above, right, it says, proclaims his handiwork. So God speaks to us through his creation. The, the creation speaks to a God. And then we saw in verses 7 through 9 that we have a God that speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the living, authoritative, powerful word of God. What I want us to see this morning is that the God who speaks is also a God who comes near. He's a God who comes near to his people. And so we turn to the 23rd Psalm, probably the most famous passage of Scripture in all of Scripture. And if you will, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Now, for time's sake this morning, I'm just going to look at verses 1 through 4, and then next week I'm going to take verses 5 through 6 and look at it at the beginning as we then jump into Psalm 27. So verses 1 through 4, the word of the Lord says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then just for the context, verse 5 and 6, you prepare a table before me, and the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may be seated. James Montgomery Boyce writes, This psalm is a masterpiece throughout. But if a psalm could ever stand almost on a single line, it is this one. And the line it can stand on is the first. David, a shepherd himself, writes, The Lord is my shepherd. And we could stop right there and the, the psalm could just hang on those words. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, Jehovah, I am who I am, the self-existing, eternal, all-sovereign God. I am who I am is my shepherd. This language is personal. This language is intimate. It's one who shepherds his lambs, a shepherd that comes alongside of the sheep. Shepherds would care for their sheep day and night, summer and winter. They wouldn't care for them from afar. They would come among them. They would nourish them, guide them, and protect them. Big picture. This isn't the only time where we see the Lord or God, the language applied to him as a shepherd. We see this throughout the Old Testament. Just three references will be there on the screen for you as I go through these kind of quickly. But if you want to write them down and look at them in more detail, Genesis 48, 15 says, The God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. Or 1 Kings twenty two seventeen says, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountain. And the Lord says he sees them as sheep that have no shepherd. And then Ezekiel 34, 15 says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. God himself, referring to himself as a shepherd over the sheep, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. And then David, a shepherd himself, says, the Lord, I am who I am, is my shepherd. You also notice that as you go to the New Testament, these scriptures will appear on the screen as well, that in the New Testament, this language of shepherd is applied to Jesus by other authors, but also Jesus himself. 
So again, we'll, we'll read through these quickly. You might want to write these references down. Matthew chapter 2, verse 6 says, And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you, out of Bethlehem, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Jesus saying to his disciples, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. We go to Jesus himself in John chapter 10. He utters these words beginning in verse 11. I am the what? Good shepherd. I'm not just the shepherd, but I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus himself takes this language in the Old Testament of the Lord is my shepherd, and he applies it to himself, and he says, I'm the good shepherd. We fast forward to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Jesus here is referred to as the great shepherd of the sheep. Who are the sheep? That's us. We are referred to, Israel was referred to as the sheep. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd, he's the chief shepherd, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And then one more reference, Revelation chapter 7, verse 17 says, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So when David cries out, the Lord is my shepherd, we know that Jesus Christ is the shepherd, right? God is the shepherd. Christ in the flesh, God in the flesh is our shepherd. We know that. And listen to me, Jesus Christ does for us what a shepherd would do for his sheep. Now, to be honest, I know nothing about the life of a shepherd from personal experience. Uh, Some of you may, uh, but I know enough that I can read and, and read and study those men who have been shepherds and they can share their experience. Certainly David is writing from the experience of a shepherd. One author writes, the shepherd lives with the flock and is everything to it, guide, protector, and physician. So as we work our way through these four verses, here's what I want you to see this morning. We'll go through these points one by one. I want you to see that Jesus, as our shepherd, provides for us, leads us, he protects us, and this is critical. He does all of these things perfectly. I remember like it was yesterday, several years ago, Landon was probably three or four years old and he was laying in his bed and uh, this was, I believe, before we even moved to Florida and I went in, he was asleep, I went in just to do sometimes what we parents do, sorry kids, but we do it, we just kind of hover over you while you're asleep, we just watch you because you're so peaceful, it's so nice. And I remember there kneeling and and I began to just pray, God help me to provide for my son. Help me to protect my son. Help me to guide my son. And a couple years later, I begin to realize this is exactly what a shepherd does for his sheep. A shepherd provides for them. A shepherd protects them. A shepherd guides them. And as a father, I do those three things. But here's the kicker. I do them imperfectly. And I have an incredible dad who's probably watching, and I get to see my dad this evening because we're heading to Kentucky. Uh, I'll get to see my dad tonight, and then Ryan and the boys are going to stay there all week, and I'm going to ride back down with my dad tomorrow. I have have an amazing dad, but my dad is an imperfect father. I am an imperfect father. I don't always lead well or provide well or protect well. I fall short. But as we think about Jesus the shepherd, understand he does not fail. Amen? He never gets it wrong. So what do we see here? Notice number one, Jesus is our shepherd and he provides for us. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what David says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not lack. 
One, one shepherd writes, left to themselves, sheep lack everything. For the most part, they are helpless animals. They can't take care of themselves. They need someone to provide for them. And look what David says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack for anything. He is saying, God will provide for me so much to the point that there will never be a moment in my life in which I'm lacking something. Because my shepherd, my God, provides there was a little girl, and she had learned Psalm 23.1 in Sunday school, but she slightly misquoted it. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. I've got all I want. <laughs> Look, she may have misquoted it, but she got it right, amen? Because of God, our provider who does it perfectly, everything that you could ever need or want, he provides for you. Wherever you are in your life right now, everything you need, God is providing it. Right through what he's done for you, through Jesus on the cross, through his word, through the spirit of God, through bringing other people into your life. Right, He's the perfect provider. And he continues, right? I shall not want. Look what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The basic needs of sheep were grass and water. Grass to rest in, to, to eat, right, to feed upon, and then water to quench their thirst. They needed rest and they needed to be fed. I don't know about you, but I love the fact that this is where David goes first. Because I love to rest. Right, I like, I don't lay down in the grass, but I like a nice comfortable bed, right? So I understand the need for rest. And what the psalmist is saying is that the Lord, when he is our shepherd, when we are following the shepherd, we can rest. Well, church, when you look around at our world, when you turn on the television, which I recommend you do that less and less and less, what you will find is we are surrounded by restless people. We're surrounded by them. And even in the church, so many of us are restless. And Augustine well said that we will remain restless until our hearts find rest in Christ. And what David is saying is that sheep following a shepherd, God will provide us the rest that we need in our very souls. This morning, you can rest in Christ. We talked about in Sunday school, you can find that hope in Christ alone. Not only does he give us this rest, but he also, verse 3 says, he restores my soul. Those of you who maybe are really familiar with sheep, you know about cast sheep. Uh, I didn't know what a cast sheep was until several years ago. A cast sheep are sheep that wind up on their side. And when they wind up on their side, sometimes they can lose their balance and they become frantic. And what ends up happening is they roll over on their back. The gases begin to build up in their body. It begins to cut off circulation. And a few hours, it can lead to their death. A cast sheep, is, as much as it wants to, because it's out of balance and its equilibrium is off, cannot lift itself back up. It needs the shepherd to come. And I was reading even this morning, thinking more about this cast sheep, and, and one person was saying he went and he, he had to help a shepherd do the cast sheep. And as he would bring the sheep up to its legs, that sheep took off because he didn't recognize the person helping it. And he lifted it up again, and the sheep took off, but it kept falling down. Finally, on the third time, the sheep realized, this individual is trying to help me, and so when you raise that sheep back up, it has to get its equilibrium again before it can begin to start walking without falling over. David is saying, our shepherd restores us. So here's the reality. You can't save yourself. You can't save anyone around you. Only Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, can restore us. And he begins to do that work in us, and we think, okay, I've got this figured out now. We begin to run again, and we soon fall over. But it's when we allow the shepherd to come and to restore us, that word restore means to return, to bring back. The shepherd wants to restore us. He wants to bring us back. This is his very heart, is it not Jesus, right, in Luke 15, is talking about the parable of the lost sheep. 
And before it gets into the parable there in Luke 15, um, it says this. The Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Jesus begins to tell a parable. He says, which of you, if you had a hundred sheep and one of them ran off, you would not leave the 99 who are where they need to be to go find that one. This is in the context of Jesus loving and welcoming sinners. Our God is a God who restores sinners. He saves sinners. Oh, church, we once were lost. Don't forget that. We once were lost. We once were blinded by the God of this age. We once were bound for hell. But Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, laid down his life for the sheep. Amen? Amen. To restore us and to bring us into a right relationship with our God. So hear me. When you think about the good shepherd, that shepherd that has come near to you, hear me. He will perfectly provide exactly what you need. Secondly, notice that Jesus is our shepherd and he leads us. He leads us. David continues, verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Sheep wander away so often. right? They have a tendency to wander. You and I are prone to wander. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love is the song that we sing. We're prone to pursue things that will destroy us or to destroy other people around us. Left to ourselves, we will get lost and we will destroy ourselves every single time. But the good shepherd, David says, leads us in paths of righteousness, in the right ways, in the right paths. Hear me, brothers and sisters. Your God, your shepherd will never ever lead you astray. There will never be a moment that your God leads you down a path that God then says, oh man, I messed up. Shouldn't have brought you here. I brought you to a place that wasn't good for you. Our God will never do that. Our God will never lead us down a path that would lead us to sin against his word and who he is. So if you're wondering, hey, is this sinful? Is this right or is this wrong? What's the word of God say? Because what the Word of God says is what God says, and He'll never lead you to do something that is sinful against who He is. Wherever you are at this moment, wherever you find yourself, whatever your circumstance and your situation in life is, understand God led you there. God is leading you to a place. And even when you mess up and go your own way, God can still use that. He can still redeem it and restore it to bring about good when you sought to destroy yourself. This is the God that we serve. So the question for us is not will God lead us perfectly. The question is will we follow him? Are we willing to say, all right, I can trust my perfect shepherd so I will follow him wherever he leads me. I will go. And we can trust our shepherd because he will perfectly Lead us, David says. And then notice thirdly, Jesus is our shepherd and he protects us. He protects us. We know, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody, when you read that, think of the Coolio song? Thank you. I was, I was driving to church and some of you are like, who's Coolio? Don't. I just, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life, I realize... Uh, Chris Flanoy, do you know that? All right, thank you. Thank you. All right. So, right, we're not thinking about that, but we do know that lyric, right? When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we often maybe think of this as somebody's on their deathbed or, or as we're approaching our deathbed or we've lost a loved one. We begin to think about the valley of the shadow of death. The valley is a place of danger. The valley can be a place of great difficulty, So what I want you to see this morning, because we could camp out here for a long time, but what I want you to notice is ultimately this. This verse is about the shepherd's ability to protect you in the midst of difficult moments. That's what this is about, the shepherd's ability to protect you. I love what James Montgomery Boyce writes. He said, it is important to note that the valley of the shadow of death is as much God's right path for us as the green pastures which lie beside quiet waters. Anybody in here love the green pastures? 
You love the, the still, quiet waters. Anybody in here love the places of difficulty? I don't know if anybody of us love it. What you have to understand is the shepherd that leads us to the green grass and the quiet waters is the very same shepherd that has to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. He has to lead us through those difficult, hard places in our life. And notice what it says. The shepherd, he has a rod and his staff, they comfort me. The rod was a symbol of authority. The rod could ward off predators as he would protect the sheep, but also could be used to discipline the wayward sheep. And then you have the staff, it comforts me. The staff was a symbol of concern. It would draw the sheep to the shepherd. In this psalm, we have the imagery of God leading us. right? God coming behind us and maybe driving us back or pulling us back in. So God in front of us, God behind us, but I skipped over a sentence here. I will fear no evil, for you are what? With me. You, the shepherd, David says, are with me. God before us, God behind us, but God is all around us. He is with us. Who is Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? I just finished reading a book and I've got a picture if you want to throw that up there, Alex. It says gentle and lowly. I don't know how well you can read the gentle part, but it says gentle and lowly. It's a book I just finished by Dane Ortland. Phenomenal book. One of the best I've ever read. And he just talks about the heart of God, right? And who, who is Jesus? What do we know about Jesus? And Jesus, thankfully, tells us. Because, right, we see um, in, in the scripture, right, that Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, this is Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And this is what Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Who is Jesus? Jesus is saying to them, in my very heart, who I am is I am gentle and lowly. Yes, we know that he is holy. And Revelation speaks of, of Christ when he returns, right, in the fire. And, and so we know that. But towards sinners, to those sinners who will come to Jesus, Jesus says, in my heart, I am gentle and lowly. Gentle. Gentle can mean humble. Right? It can mean kind. It can mean compassionate. And he is lowly. Jesus was hanging around sinners, tax collectors, Samaritans, those people that the culture wanted nothing to do with. That's where Jesus would find himself. He was accessible to the lowest of the low. That's who Jesus was while walking on the earth. Study, study the parables, study the life of Jesus. Do you not see over and over and over that towards those who would repent, Jesus was gentle and lowly? Now, if you didn't repent, right, you, you saw Jesus in his holiness and in his wrath and his indignation. But to those of us who will repent, he is gentle and lowly. That is who Jesus was on earth. Is Jesus at the right hand of God the Father right at this moment any different? The answer is no. Listen, you don't have to walk into this place every Sunday wondering, man, does God love me? Does God care about me? Did God abandon me? Who is Jesus? He said, in my very heart, I am gentle and lowly. This morning, I want you to understand, man, your shepherd loves you so much. Man, your shepherd knows you better than you know yourself. And he says, I am gentle in heart towards those who will come to me. And he says, I am accessible. Like you can come to Jesus right now. In all of your sin, and all of your guilt, and all of your shame, you can come to him right at this moment, and he will welcome you. He welcomes those who repent and turn from their sinfulness. He is gentle. He is lowly. He is our shepherd. So maybe in your life right now, there is infertility. Maybe you're dealing with dementia, chemo, sickness, strife, anxiousness, 
turmoil. And Jesus says to you, come to me. Just come. Come, bring all of that and come to me. The shepherd knows you, he loves you, he leads you, he will defend you. I don't know about you, church, but on this Father's Day, I'm so thankful that I have a good shepherd who has not and will not ever fail me. Amen? We have a shepherd. We have a heavenly Father who will perfectly protect you, perfectly provide for you, perfectly guide you through this journey we call life. You can know him as shepherd. You can joyfully worship him as shepherd. You can steadfastly trust him as your shepherd. And so the question for you this morning is, are you trusting in Jesus as the good shepherd of your life? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want, or I shall not lack? I lack nothing. But then there's another question I want us to consider just briefly. And that is this, how can I trust Jesus? How can I know that he will be my shepherd? So Pastor, man, I look around at the world and, and I'm losing heart. I'm losing hope. I'm angry. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. Like, how do I know the shepherd hasn't abandoned me? I look at my own life and, and I'm struggling. How do I know the shepherd has not abandoned me? Let me tell you how you know that the shepherd will be faithful in your life. Because there's another phrase I skipped over, and I hope you noticed. It's verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. To what end? For his namesake. You see that? Underline it. Circle it. Jesus, our good shepherd, God, I am who I am, the shepherd, does these things, David says, for his name's sake. So Psalm 23, verse 3, he's doing this for his name's sake. Psalm 25, 11, it says that he forgives us for the sake of his name. Psalm 31, 3, he guides us for his name's sake. Psalm 79, 9, he delivers us from sin and he does it for his name's sake. Psalm 143, 11, he preserves us, he lets us live for his name's sake. Ezekiel 20 tells us that God acts for the sake of his name. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. 1 Samuel 12, 22, the Lord will not forsake his people. Why? For his great name's sake. Because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Does it surprise you to learn that from Scripture, the driving force in all that God does is for the sake of His name? Everything God is doing, the driving force behind it is the glory and the sake and the majesty of His name. That may surprise you, but hear me, do not let that discourage you. See, how do you know that you can trust that the Lord, your shepherd, will do what he said he will do. Because if his namesake is on the line, I promise you he'll do what he said he's going to do. Amen? He's not going to fail you. Why? Because his namesake is on the line. Here you and I are declaring, we believe in Jesus, we're trusting in Jesus, we're stepping out in faith, and we're pointing people to Jesus. In that moment, do you think God will abandon you when you're trying to point people to the sake of his name? No. In that moment when you're telling people, hey, my God will provide, you think God's going to abandon you and not provide for you and his name is on the line? Absolutely not. When God says, I'll protect you and I'll be with you to the end, will God abandon that? No, because it's his name's sake. He will guide you. Oh, church, don't let that discourage you. Let it lead you to a place of joy and a place of worship where you say, God has promised me these things and he will do them for his name's sake. So therefore, we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. Can you say that on this day, this Father's Day, that the Lord is your shepherd, you shall 
not want. Would you close your eyes and, and bow your head? In just a moment, I'm going to give us an opportunity. We're going to, we're going to stand and sing a couple verses. I believe it's from the Solid Rock. We're going to, we're going to sing. We're not going to do an invitation uh, as such. Um, after the service, if the Lord has laid something upon your heart and you want to share that with me, your pastor BJ, uh, feel free uh, to do that. We would love to hear how the Lord is, is, is speaking to you. But what I, what I do want to do is I want to give you an opportunity just to worship one last time before we leave. Just to let what the Lord has placed upon your heart to be able to declare it through song. To declare that Jesus Christ is the solid rock upon which we stand. That he is our shepherd. So hear me, maybe this morning you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have never come to God the Father by confessing your sin and repenting of your sin and turning from your sinful, wicked ways. This morning Jesus says, come to me. And you will find a God who is lowly and who is kind and compassionate. And he will welcome you. And he will save you. And he will transform you. Because that's what he promises to do. And not only that, but I want you to understand that God right now as the shepherd is pursuing you. As an unbeliever, God's been working in your heart. He's been drawing you to himself. Working, leading up to this moment. Would you just right there where you are confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've wandered away from God. Maybe these last three months have not been a time for you to draw nearer to God, but you've used it to wander away. I want you to hear me. The shepherd, your Jesus, your Savior, has been drawing you back. He's pursuing you. Will you confess that sinfulness? Will you confess that which you're dealing with? This morning, maybe you just need to cry out, Lord, forgive me. Maybe you need to forgive someone else. Maybe you need to trust the shepherd as he's leading you. Trust the shepherd to provide for you. Trust the shepherd to protect you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to stand, and, and I just want you to worship right there where you are. We're going to sing a couple verses, and then I'll have you be seated, and we'll go over um, some announcements, and then, and then we'll end our service. Father, God, what a joy and a privilege it is to be able to gather as your people, to gather, to hear the preaching of your word, but Lord, also to respond to that preaching through song. Lord, if we believe that you are who you say you are, if we believe that you're going to do all things for the sake of your name, then, God, we can trust you. We can trust what you said you're going to do. Therefore, God, we can rest and we can worship. So, Lord, as we lift up our praises one last time this morning, corporately together as the body of Christ, Lord, we lift them up as a fragrant offering to you. And we say, Jesus, you're our shepherd. Lead us. You're our shepherd. Continue to provide for us. You're our shepherd. Protect us. We're going to stand upon the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. Lord, as we sing, move in hearts and lives, we pray. Those watching online and, and those here with us, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and just worship? Let's sing a couple verses together. Amen. You may be seated. Just a couple of announcements. You have a bulletin, or at least you have one uh, per family. I have some extra ones up here if you did not get a bulletin and you want one. Uh, Vacation Bible School, man, it's quickly approaching. Uh, if you have not registered online, whether uh, you're going to be attending or you're going to volunteer, please do that. Also know that outside when you leave, uh, we have our t-shirts available. Uh, so if you're working, you can pick up your shirt. Uh, you also can go ahead and purchase uh, shirts for your kids that are going to be coming. Those are $5. Uh, you can pay cash today, and in previous weeks, uh, there'll be other ways to pay. But if you have some cash and you want to go ahead and pick those up, 
Uh, Miss Lindsay is out there, uh, so you can do that. Uh, BJ's got an announcement, so while he comes, let me, let me just point out that there has been an addition to the Ingram family. Um, yes, praise the Lord for that. Um, saw some pictures of uh, Kevin and Grayson holding little Adeline Grace, but Lucretia said that'll be the last time because now she's going to be holding her all the time. Uh, so there's an announcement in there about just the way that you can help uh, that family there. And so I don't know if you want to add anything more to that, but... Um, you got yeah, camp information. I was, I was told that even if you have said to one of the VBS directors, I'm going to work or I'm going to volunteer, you still need to register. Even pastors have to register. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the last time I make announcements, won't it be? Um, but um, for, for youth camp, so you, most of you are aware, we... we had to cancel our Infuge camp, but we are still planning to go to Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Doesn't that sound like a fun time? Uh, Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters in North Carolina for, for camp, but tomorrow's the deadline to, to register, and so uh, I still have several slots available. What's gonna, what, what I'm going to do is release those spots to save us some money if they're not filled. Um, so if, if you have any questions about that, uh, make sure that you, you reach out to me, you, that you contact me. If you have friends that want to go and you're saying, BJ, I'm going to talk to my friend about going, uh, talk to him today, okay, and, and find out. Uh, I, I, it's going to be phenomenal. You can go online and, and, and see the, the type of stuff that we're doing. It's going to be a great camp, um, not just fun. I've been listening to the Camp Pastor podcast, solid stuff. I'm talking just really good biblical teaching that will be taking place. And this, to me, to me, is really important. We had someone that, that donated some money, and so we didn't have a cake auction this year, uh, but, but we've gotten enough money such that each student that's going has an additional $100 off of their camp price. So thank you, church, for, for uh, helping to make that happen. Um, and, uh, yeah. yeah. So... I'll always say this, however, I never want money or funding yep. to be a reason a child doesn't Absolutely. go to camp. Absolutely. Um, if, if you can pay it, we, we want you to, but if there's, you come and talk to me, and, and just between us, we will figure something out, okay? Uh, because we want every kid to be able to go that, that can go. So thank you for that. Stick around if you will, and I'll have you close with some prayer if you don't mind. All right. Put you on the spot since you threw Thanks. me up. Um, uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, so thankful that you were here to worship with us. After BJ prays, if, if you're first time back in a while, what we do is this side. You guys go out that door. You all go out this door. And we just encourage you to go outside uh, and have the conversations out there in the open air. Don't forget about your, uh, your shirts as well. Have a blessed, happy Father's Day. If you'll stand, Pastor BJ, will you dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely. Father, thank you. For being a father, for being the father to us. But thank you for being our shepherd as well. That, um, Lord, uh, you guide us where we need to go. And sometimes it is by the still waters and we need that restoration. Sometimes it's through the valley of the shadow of death. And Father, we know that you are with us and you care for us, you provide for us. And Father, help us to understand that you while you do these things for us you also want us to let other people know about the shepherd and so father when we leave this place i pray that we carry the name of jesus with us it is the only name that can transform hearts there's no other name given among men by whereby we must be saved and so lord with all of the difficulties and the concerns and the problems in our world the answer is Jesus. And Father, you've called on the church to carry that name. So Father, help me. Restore my soul. Lead me. And may I speak the name of Jesus to bring hope to a lost and dying world. Lord, thank you for good fathers. Thank you for my father. And uh, 
Lord, help us to uh, recognize and honor those men who are godly examples to us today. And let us um, go forward and bring honor and glory to your name. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.